You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. This week, I'm offering you another on-site interview straight from the kitchen of the Ottawa Dance Directive. So it is a bit hassled and harried as the artists are in the middle of tech week and they only had a limited amount of time to to spend with me talking about the show. So you are going to hear some background noises as they are preparing and enjoying their quick lunch before jumping right back into the studio and into the whole process of preparing for the show this coming weekend. So please forgive uh, extra extra background sounds and kind of a uh, little looser thread in terms of our interview. I spoke with who was available when they were available when their mouth was empty and uh, ready to talk rather than chew. So uh, enjoy this quick but insightful interview about trust. So coming up this week at the Ottawa Dance Directive here in Ottawa is going to be a show called Trust as part of the series Dance Dis. And uh, today I'm going to talk to some of the artists behind uh, the work and actually the creator, um, well, one of the co-creators of the work, Ted Robinson, is with me here. And Ted has a lot to brag about. So I'm really happy to to have Ted uh, with a microphone in hand answering my questions. Thanks for joining me, Ted. Oh, my pleasure. So you've had a long history of uh, working in the dance industry, and you continue to do it. Uh, You actually were artistic director of Winnipeg's um, Contemporary Dancers for Mm -hmm. a few years. Um, But however, now you're based outside of Ottawa. You formed uh, Ten Gates Dancing, which is the company with which you're producing Trust. And it's also the company with which you started La Barn Projects. Yes, it is. The company was formed in, I think, 1997. And, uh, and it's, we've, we've been through many things. We do, we do a lot of things. A lot of, we sort of push the edges of what a small company can do um, because it's, it's really a creative vehicle for, for my work, or it has been. And then... Um, I also, because I was at Le Group for a long time in the dance lab, um, and so I started mentoring people. I don't like that word mentoring, so now I, I call myself a consultant. So I was doing that, and I was doing a lot of commissions and some teaching in the late 90s. So then I sort of kept doing that, and then I moved out to the country in 2005, and I started La Barre. It's not my, that was beauty, arts, retreat, and nature is the acronym. And so we produced shows there, and I had intensives there, and I mentored people there or consulted with people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious about that right off the bat. What, uh, what rubs you the wrong way about the word mentoring? Well, it's something that Peter actually, Peter Bonham actually discussed with, because he, first of all, started this thing about at the lab with you needed a, a mentor. And he is he's he's been my mentor, but he he realized that this was a wrong kind of thing. So then he, he came up with the word monitor. But the mentor is really somebody who stays with somebody for a very long time. Mm. Uh, it's not just something you're somebody you're consulting with or 
somebody who's watching your process for three weeks. So that's the, that's the, the main difference. So, so your job as a consultant is to come in when somebody's creating work and to, to help them through their artistic process? In a way, yeah. What I do is I ask, I ask some questions and um, uh, try and, what do I try and do? I, ask, I try and ask the questions that will make them question more. Mm-hmm. I don't try, I, I try not to tell them what to do. Try very hard to keep my aesthetics to myself, and the whole purpose of this, the cons- consultations, are to make sure that they are, at least for that week or two or three or four, whatever it might be, they're working to their full potential at trying to um, uh, get the best that they can out of what they're doing. And I question their vocabulary. Like there's a whole series of things that I question and we go through if we have the time. Uh, vocabulary, then form, then content and all this kind of stuff. And I imagine this is something then that you're able to do even outside of your aesthetic. Like if you can yes. go into somebody else's process oh, yeah. and muddle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the, the, the whole thing is trying to keep your aesthetic out mm-hmm. of that. I've been told and I believe that when you are doing that kind of work, that it's important that you have your own practice so that you can have an outlet for those things. You don't <laughs> try to push them on someone else. That's a, that's a good thing, yeah. 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 Although, like with anybody, if you, if you have the interest of the person at hand, at, you know, at the, uh, at the uppermost sort of priority, then your aesthetic falls off anyways. It falls off the chart. It's just, it's all about them. Mm-hmm. All the work. Yeah. Something else I've, uh, of note about you, Ted, is that you've done a lot of collaborating with some uh, impressive people. You've collaborated with uh, Amy Henderson's public recordings, who we were able to speak with uh, recently when they were in town. You've also uh, collaborated with Margie Gillis, and uh, this time you're collaborating with Charles Quivillon. Tell me what's different about your collaborations versus your consultations. Okay, well, oh, it's very different because we're creating something. Uh, one thing I will say is that with Charles, we've been collaborating now f- exclusively pretty much uh, for s- close to seven years. So we've made now, he would he knows more than me, I think it's 19 works together. So it's a, a lot, some of them evening length. Um so that's different. That's it's almost like this. The difference I was talking about between mentorship and um, consultation, mm-hmm. a long-term relationship. There's a very long-term collaboration, mm-hmm. which um, actually allows us. So far, anyways, has allowed us to um, grow in our own directions. I think. So do you continue to do work outside of your, your, your collaboration with Charles? or Well, my commissions, he writes all the music for. Um, anything that Ten Gates does, he writes the music for and he performs in. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing he doesn't participate in, and he has actually participated in some of the consultations as well. Uh, so in addition to yourself and Charles, Angie Cheng is also a part of this uh, project. Can you tell us a little bit about Angie? I can tell a little bit about Angie. I can tell about, about you know, I first met Angie. She came to an intensive at the barn. And um, then I think you and Thierry came to visit once, didn't you? And then I asked 
her and Thierry Uar to participate in um, facets, which was this thing we did in 2015. Um, so she was performing in that and creating in it. And then with trust, uh, basically I hurt my back and I got worried and I thought I should have somebody around who can take over in case I can't do this. So Angie's been great. We've been working for two weeks and um, she, she fills in <laughs> the hard parts. <laughs> So I would love to to ask you about the 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 aesthetic of trust and and what it looks like. But I'm also tempted to ask Angie first, as yes, a little I, bit further removed. From I think the it might be. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I'm asking um, for your description from your perspective of of trust as a as a performance. I feel like I've talked about this before, but now I'm <laughs> at a loss for words. Um, Oh, I feel like my words don't properly describe it, but there's something magical and fantastical about the aesthetics. It's very... I don't know if otherworldly is the right word, but it definitely takes you somewhere else that is timeless. What's, what's Angie, what's it, what's it been like sort of observing, knowing that you might have to hop in? It's been hard because I've been watching it um, slightly because it's not one of those things where you learn moves. So I can't watch it like that. I'm trying to watch it kind of like a an audience member to take things in, but then also picking up details of the essence of things. I feel like that's what it's been like. Um, trying to understand each moment and what what it is instead of what it physically looks like. Because I did that, I mean, on Friday, just for lighting a little bit of that, and it didn't feel like I captured... I didn't capture it. So it's much more about states than it is about set movements? Yeah. Yeah. And then where does the, um, and this, this will probably be a question for, for Ted and for Charles, the, the inspiration for trust, where does that come from? <laughs> the inspiration for trust comes um, basically from the space in which we performed it first, which was uh, the and Bunker in Carp, and we did the show last May, and uh, we started working on the on the show before knowing where we we were going to perform it. And uh, as soon as we knew that and visit that space, the Defend Bunker, the the piece completely changed. And uh, yeah, so the. The space of the bunker, the um, hardness of the cement and the coldness, and uh, also uh, the sound, which is very reverberant, all uh, inspired um, us. 
And and clearly you're you're taking over the space here at the Odd Box and kind of making it your own. You know, I came into a a whole manner of things happening in the space. What what um, can you tell us a little bit about kind of sets and props and and your in, inhabiting the space here? The sets and props. Yeah. <laughs> That's giving it all away. <laughs> but they're they're important, are they not? To they're, well, yeah, because um, the activities that we do basically the two of us quote three of us um, we just do th- we're doing things with other things. <laughs> and how I know how how I can how else I can say it and. Um, but it's not just, as Angie was, was saying, it's not just a matter of doing things with some objects. You have to imbue the objects with um, a certain amount of life, I suppose, and, a, and, and you have to, and, and because the space is alive, and particularly the bunker, that's what we, we were working with, is that we're working with the echo and with this, mm-hmm. this spaciousness. So was there a lot of, of reconfiguring moving here from the bunker? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm still not sure if it's actually going to work. The, because um, going from a cement room that's 75 feet underground, that's 12 degrees, where the audience has to travel for about 50 minutes to get to the show. So they had to take a bus for 40 minutes. Then they had to travel down hallways, go down five flights of stairs, down another long hallway, and they saw us at the end of the hallway in a vault that was going to keep the gold mm-hmm. in case of a nuclear attack. So this is this is quite a journey. I mean, Arts Court is complicated, but nowhere, <laughs> nowhere near that much. Nowhere near there. Yeah. 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 So 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 this was the project, actually. The residency was about can what would happen if we just took the piece, the the movement and the activities that we're doing, and the sounds that are being made, and put those in in a black box theater. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, a question of distilling it down yeah. and seeing what's yeah. what's still there, and see what the uh, yeah exactly see yeah. what the essence of this work is. So it's an investigation that way. And um, and we'll see how that translates. Because I'm just not, I don't know yet. Because, you know, we're just getting the lights together today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll see. So not to not to keep pushing props and whatnot, but your, your promotional image is just stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's two, we imagine, are humans with, uh, houses for heads. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about where this image came from? Is this part of the, the show? Is this... Hmm. What is this? Let me see. It, it's part of the show. We might as well give that away. Um, I believe the start of this image came with Charles working for facets with these with these bags. And so he created kind of a, some imagery with that. And then I'm not sure whether it was your idea or my idea, then we put bamboo on, and then he started 
fooling around with that. So actually this section is more his imagery and his stuff. And oh, my thing was the houses. So I believe. So then putting that all together, that's how we sort of, it's sort of how, how we worked it, just sort of a conglomerate, like a collaboration of imagery and sound and movement. And then once we knew we had a strong image, um, then we built the piece to make sense around a strong image. And then, you know, it was a series of that, I think. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Sure it, it sounds very um, intuitive, like driven Quite intuitive, yeah. Nothing is really... I mean, once once we get it there, then it's planned and done, but has to be rehearsed. It's, it's quite exact what, what happens. We're not just improvising around. <laughs> That's a fair note, yeah. Yeah. Charles, can you give us uh, some information about your artistic background and what you uh, bring to the table in this, in this collaboration, this ongoing collaboration? Hmm. What do I bring to the table? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm a musician, and um, I uh, studied uh, music composition in, in Montreal. And uh, since six years, we, as part of a kind of yeah school exchange seven years ago uh, we I encountered encountered Ted and we made this first piece and uh, there was yeah connection there I think on both sides and so uh, yeah our collaboration continues more and more as I as we collaborate, I was more and more involved f physically in the works we were doing. And um, we did a duet in 2012 called Charles and Ted Doing Things with Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, and from that point, uh, I think I it sort of wasn't clear, uh, yeah, because what I'm doing sound, but it's very physical, so it's always uh, involves a lot of movement, and uh, so it bec <clears throat> becomes somewhat uh, some kind of dance in a way. And visual arts as well seems to be a very strong component in your work. Yeah, I think that's mostly Ted's uh, visual. Uh, I think he has has been throughout his work. Uh, but you're getting more and more visual. Yeah, more and more visual. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm bringing sound and movement and energy because, uh, yeah, we, I'm, I'm young and uh, Ted is old. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, we, we discussed this thing. It's all right. <laughs> Ted is also laughing at that. Yeah, yeah. We're safe. No, but uh, it's just that, yeah, there's kind of, uh, I mean, I bring some kind of craziness or wildness to something that otherwise would be very, can can be very calm. calm and, and mm, That's balanced. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. So uh, everyone else has had a turn to talk about trust. I'm going to 
ask you to talk about trust as well, which is a requiem for wood and stone, a primitive mystery of vulnerability and transformation. What more can you add to the conversation about what trust is as a show, a performance? Yeah, I like to think uh, trust as a, a ritual and some kind of, uh, yeah, not as associated with any religion or, uh, yeah. But it, it is spiritual in that way that it's, it's sort of, he, it helps me to, uh, to relate to, like, let's say, to death or to infinite or, or those kind of things. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, is there anybody who has left her after that? Does anybody have any last words about trust at, uh, in the performance at Series Dance Dis at Ottawa Dance Directive this uh, this month? Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. I've been speaking with Ted Robinson and Charles Quevillon and Angie Cheng, who are all performing in Trust uh, by Ten Gates Dancing here at the Ottawa Dance Directive. Thank you very much. Thanks. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network. Also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre. And to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Stick around for a preview of our upcoming episode. I'm going to be focusing on the Contemporary Dance Diploma Program as offered by the School of Dance here in Ottawa. And I'm going to be speaking today with Sylvie de Rossier, who is the director of the Contemporary Dance Program. Well, I think... I think that's it, it's exciting like I was uh, in class this morning uh, just saying to the the student that are here currently I said oh you know that this weekend we have Simon Renault who's premiering a piece at the Stadel in Toronto we have Alia Graham and Jocelyn Todd and Jesse Loth that are in England in London premiering a piece and last weekend we had dancers uh, performing with Social Growl in Toronto, and we had dancers in Montreal performing for uh, Caroline Barriere, and we have a dancer that just got uh, a contract with Compagnie Marie Chouinard, and another dancer that's working with Daniel Léveillé Dance. So I think the graduates are actually doing very, very well in the world of dance right now.